Hello, you're about to listen to the movie mixtape with Dirk and Marcy. It's still Alzheimer's mix, and we're taking our Vespas to Rome this week. We're covering 1953's Roman Holiday, a movie that is near and dear to my heart. So sit back, relax, and enjoy! Hello everyone, uh, welcome to the movie mixtape, and hello Marcy, how are you doing? Hello Dirk, I am excellent, how are you? <laughs> uh, wow, I, I wish I was excellent, but you know, be excellent, <laughs> be excellent. I'm alright, yeah, uh-huh. ta. Um, yeah. I should just say this before we, before we get on. Happy birthday! Oh god, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> For yesterday. <laughs> yesterday, yes. Um, this is like... When you're sitting at the restaurant and they come over and they bring, like, something out and start singing to you. Well, if you look behind now, no, Mochi is no, carrying no. a cake. <laughs> oh my god, I would die. <laughs> I'd probably have to stop recording because it'd be too cute. To I would be impressed so. by your cat having opposable thumbs. Robert De Niro <laughs> is incorrect in that film. <laughs> Oh my, well thank you uh, very much. I'm so happy that, well I'm I'm feeling excellent because we're talking about my, tied with my favorite movie of all time with Roman Holiday today. I'm sorry, I'm like so like, uh, <laughs> I kind of just start off by the birthday thing. <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm just like, it, I can't believe it like lined up perfectly that we were going to talk about this like the weekend of my birthday and I don't know. Happy. I know it's almost like we have a plan when in fact we absolutely do not have a plan. And we we have, so for everybody listening at home in podcast land, this is our uh, all timers mixtape. And uh, as you might know, as you might not know, this movie mixtape thing that we've got going on, we group together a bunch of movies under a theme. The current theme is all timers, as in meaning movies that we absolutely love and we could always go back to and uh this week is marcy's pick and you've picked Mm -hmm. the film from 1864 called (laughs) roman holiday and it's your birthday weekend oh my gosh 1953 thank you very much Yes. No, I'm very excited. Uh, this is tied for my favorite movie of all time, which actually I didn't even think about it before, but my second, well, my other favorite movie of all time came out 40 years later, and it's called Jurassic Park. <laughs> Two very polar opposite movies. Uh, Jurassic Park, what's that one about? Uh, well, actually, if you think about it, if you think about it, both Jurassic Park and Roman Holiday are a lead character in one day in some extreme situation where they come out a changed person. So really, they're not that different from <laughs> Oh my each goodness. Other. I mean, 
you've worked overtime to make a connective tissue between <laughs> Jurassic Park and Roman Holiday. Well, congratulations, you've succeeded. So, yeah. yeah, well, also, sadly, in 1993, that's when Audrey Hepburn died, too. Oh, my so goodness, bring it down later. already, flipping it. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, everybody. Uh, well, okay, so Why? before we get into... Yes, oh, Is yes, Audrey Hepburn in this film that we're talking yes, about? Yes, she is. Okay. Yes, she is, yes. Uh, but before we get into my movie, um, I kind of failed you last week with oh. Whiplash. I wanted to, we kind of have dropped off doing this, but, you know, we were like kind of mentioning for a little bit there, like what we see in the other person in the movie they pick. No. But since like Whip, Whiplash is like your all timer, I, I thought it was important to say something. But also like I didn't watch the movie again, but I watched certain scenes again and I tried <laughs> it in your in your perspective, as I said I was going to do. And it then it dawned on me like, you know, uh, last week I was saying like when Miles Teller's at that dinner table scene where it's really awkward and he's like well i want to be the best and i i was like i did not get this vibe from him at all and blah 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 and then it's like oh fletcher is bringing out this side of him fletcher's doing exactly what he can see in this kid that no one else can see and you're right like he is bringing out the best out of him and maybe he does really want to do this um and he has that strive for it Uh, i just think the way they go about it is a little bit extreme but i think what I see in you in that movie is just you want the best out of people and you know people are capable of maybe things they don't even realize they're capable of. And so you're kind of just rooting for a person in that perspective. So that's what I got from you from that movie. And I got a little bit from rewatching some of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll take mm-hmm. that surprise compliment. I wasn't expecting it so early on in, oh. in this episode. Oh. I, well... <laughs> Yeah, well, we had a good chat. Well, I say we had a good chat about Whiplash last week. I think I was a bit word vomitous on uh, getting everything out there, whether it makes any coherent sense, who knows. But I do love that movie. And I do think that people who don't think it's an happy ending just don't understand Andrew like all the other characters in that film. That's what Andrew wants, okay? He wants that ending and he gets it. It's an happy ending. All right? Anyway. We've done that. I've got it off my chest now. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm I'm happy to hear that. And I'm gonna one up your word vomiting this week because I have I have I have eight pages of notes. Flipping it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Listen, I'm gonna just go and get those um fake spectacles Homer wears when he has to do jury duty and put them on oh so it looks god. like I'm awake the whole time just so you can talk and I can have an eat I can have a night off. Uh, I right. can have a night off. Good. Good. Coronation Street on myself. Mm-hmm. 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 All right. Well, let me get started here since I do have a lot to say. Oh, my God. I I unfortunately did not get any letters this week, and I unfortunately did not find any diaries this week, and I didn't want to write something silly because I love this movie so much. So I just thought, not spoiling too much of it, I thought I would just give a brief synopsis, and then we can start talking about it. Uh, Wait, so you're going to so- give an actual synopsis? Yeah, it's just a brief, <laughs> bold, <laughs> a very brief, brief, very brief synopsis, mm-hmm. uh, and I have nothing written down, so this is just going to be off the top of my head. Um, oh God! So wish me luck, everybody. <laughs> okay, so Roman Holiday is the story of Princess Anne on her European tour. She's you know creating like good press. I don't know for her country. That's what she's doing. I don't know, but it's been a long, stressful journey. She's nearing the end of it. 
Um, and she's in Rome, and the stress finally gets to her, and she sneaks out one night, runs into Joe Bradley, who is an American um, newspaper writer living in Italy, and uh, once he discovers who she is, he decides to... <laughs> Take her around the city, let her do whatever she wants to do, and is going to write a story on it. Um, and that's where I'm going to just drop off because I want to get more into everything, um, especially the ending. Uh, later, I don't want to spoil anything right up front. If you've never seen this movie, I highly, 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 highly recommend it. Um, but yeah, that's my little brief synopsis there we go that is that is a brief synopsis of this movie so roman holiday mm -hmm. uh, 1953 starring gregory peck and some lady called audrey hepburn directed by mm -hmm. william wyler mm -hmm. i've just and done the information bit i've just done that bit yes uh william wyler is he was one of the most famous and biggest directors ever in Hollywood. Um, actually, there is a connection to this movie and Whiplash. Would you be interested in hearing it? Always. Okay, so Whiplash and Roman Holiday both won three Oscars, mm -hmm. uh, both nominated for Best Picture, but both lost. But one of the Oscars each won was for an acting category. Whiplash won for Best Supporting Actor for J.K. Simmons. And Roman Holiday won for Best Lead Actress for Audrey Hepburn in her first movie ever. Did you know this was her first movie ever? Well, listen, I didn't know that, but it starts with introducing Audrey Hepburn. So I took a kind of a mm -hmm. mental leap to presume this maybe was her first movie or, a, you know, yeah. first <laughs> big movie, I guess. But I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know. Mm -hmm. I mean, how crazy is that? She's one of the few people. There's only like, I think, four or five actors who won an Oscar on their first movie ever. I know she's one, and Jennifer Hudson is another one. I can't think of who the other ones are at the top of my head. Uh, but, I mean, how cool is that? <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I just, it's all downhill yeah. from there, isn't it? Um, well, actually, to be fair, she was nominated for Best Lead Actress eight times, and this is the only time she ever won. I'm surprised. So. I've not heard of her before. Oh, my God. That's such an insult. She is <laughs> the queen. <laughs> Queen Bee. Um, she is my favorite actress of all time. I love her very much. The first movie I ever saw her in was Sabrina, which comes out the year after this. I have Sabrina on the blueprint somewhere for down the road. I just don't know where I want to put it. Greg and then Kinema. I didn't see this. <laughs> no, God. No, not the remake. Not the freaking awful remake. No, that's an insult to Hollywood. That Like, if they ever remade Roman Holiday, I think I would just be done with movies for the rest of my life. There's just some movies you just don't. Don't go back to. Let it just be its own special thing. Uh, so, Roman Holiday, I don't know why. So, I Audrey Hepburn was in my life from an early age because my I would watch older movies with my grandparents. That's when I first saw Sabrina. Um, you know, I'd seen Breakfast at Tiffany's. Uh, Charade is like one of my all-time favorite Audrey Hepburn movies, too, with her and Cary Grant. I know how much you love Cary Grant. Okay. Uh, and then it wasn't until I got to college that I watched Roman Holiday for the first time, and it was my freshman year. I, I owned the movie, but I just didn't watch it. I don't know why. Um, I think I was a little bit nervous because I knew it was her first movie, and I just I, I knew it was like going to be a big deal for me. And then I just never looked back after that. That was just... It's my favorite performance by her. It's my favorite movie with her in it. I will go as far as to say it's my favorite Gregory Peck movie. Gregory Peck is one of my favorite actors of all time as well. And I just, 
have loved this movie for a very long time and I watch it all the time and it still makes me feel the same things and not to spoil too much but I still cry at the same parts <laughs> as I always do uh so I guess yeah I guess we should start getting into it I didn't do any research for this movie because like you know Jurassic it. Park you know it all. I know everything about this movie. I don't even know why, but if you ask me any question about Jurassic Park or this movie, I could just tell you off the top of my head. Uh, But the thing I really love about this movie, um, so at this time, the really popular thing to do was film on film studios, make the sets, make the backdrops, paint the big backdrop pictures, you know, where it looks real, but not really. Um, And so originally the game plan for this movie was to film it in color and film it in California with fake sets and fake backdrops. And William Wyler decided to film the entire movie actually in Rome, Italy. And they couldn't keep it in color because then at that point the budget would have gone over. So they decide to keep it black and white. And so they can film it in Rome, Italy. And actually, I think this movie being in black and white makes it even that more special. Um, and I just love, I love that little tidbit, uh, so much that he fought to have this actually filmed in Rome and that they had to forego some things to keep it in, in the city and everything. Mm. But what, what did you, what did you think of that? Well, I, I kind of gathered that must have been a big deal because it was in the credits, wasn't it, at the beginning? Mm-hmm. I think this is entirely yeah. filmed on location in, in Rome. Wow, mm-hmm. it just looks like a wonderful city, doesn't it? Looks looks beautiful. Yeah. And, and there was obviously making the most of... There was a lot of shots making the most of some of the, the architecture. Um, mm-hmm. I don't really know... Can I, I don't really know what the building was that she was staying in. Was it the Coliseum? Because she said that... When she was, <laughs> no. I don't know. No, I don't know. No, the, Col- the Coliseum. Oh, the actual like Coliseum. The yeah. <laughs> this is what you're dealing with. This is what you're dealing with. It's not can gr- I tell you something yeah. funny? I, I've been to Rome. Do you want to know why I went to Rome? Was it for this because of this movie? Yes. <laughs> that's not funny. That's <coughs> that's on brand what? for Marcy. Oh my gosh. Dan, well, I, we're going I on holiday you. to Rome. I've seen this film, <laughs> Roman Holiday, and that's what we're doing. Oh my gosh. Okay, well, Marcy. Also, I love history though too. So that was a big part of it. But can I tell you also something funny too? So in the beginning of this movie, it's um, like catching up with like where she, it's like a news bulletin and it's like where she is on her, like kind of something they would play before a movie back in the day. Like they would have those like news bulletin, like, you know, so she, before Rome, she goes to France or she's in Paris and then she goes to Rome. And then after Rome, it's Athens. So actually, the trip I went to Rome to, I went Paris, Rome, Athens, oh, nice. and I didn't even realize that's what I was doing. And so, like, we came home and we watched the movie again, and I said, oh, my God, that's what we just did. And, and it just wasn't intentional. That's just what we planned our trip to be. Uh, but I really wanted to go to Rome because I wanted to go see the things they see, and I wanted mm. to... um you know well and did you out. practice your but... royal wave like she did in the beginning is very no, convincing royal wave no but that but... leads perfectly into i mean when you first see her at the embassy when they're having that like ball for her um she looks like royalty doesn't she look like royalty oh yeah definitely 100% oh my god mm-hmm. she she's so stunning um she is just i think she was like the most beautiful woman that's ever lived and and I love the costumes in this movie. So I wanted to take a second to talk about Edith Head for a moment. So Edith Head, 
uh, probably the biggest costume designer ever, 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 especially in this time frame. Edith Head just makes the most beautiful, or can she just, did make the most beautiful Can I just interrupt costume. you for one second? Yeah, so is sure. that is that is that where Edna Head comes from in The Incredibles? I was going to bring that up. So Edna Mole is actually based Ed- Ed- on Mole, Edith Ed- Head. Mole. I f- that Edna Mole. Oh, that is what? exactly oh. that is who Edna Mole is modeled off of as Edith Head. Yeah. Oh wow. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Edith Head, I I mean this golden era of Hollywood, she she's working on so many things. Um do you want to take a guess how many times she was nominated for an Oscar for her costume design? It's either going to be really high or really low cuz you've asked me a question. So I'm going to go <laughs> 14 35 times. Bloody hell. You know you've earned a living. Times. You know you've earned a living then, don't and, you? And and she won eight. She she is good. The good the proportion. most wins for any female in any um category in the Oscars. Well, good so. on you. Well, I know. Good on you. <laughs> She's amazing. Um, can you, I can well, I chime well, in watch, one second? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. <laughs> that that outfit that Audrey Hepburn wears through most of this movie. Oh mm-hmm. my goodness! What an uh, that was yeah. incredible! Oh my jeez! Yeah, she has yeah. she has that. Well, I mean, obviously Audrey Hepburn. Apparently, she's famous. Uh, she's <laughs> she's very beautiful. Did you know that about I Audrey know. Hepburn? Yes. She is incredibly yes. beautiful. <laughs> and obviously, most things would probably look good on Audrey Hepburn. But bloody Nora, she looked amazing throughout the whole of this film. And that skirt that she has with that belt and that that. Sh- Whatever, frilly shirt, bloody nail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I know, like that's what I mean. Like Edith is so good at like it doesn't even have to be over the top. That's a very simple outfit that, with whatever Edith has done to it, but also who's wearing it, it just it, that mm. that outfit is like so symbolic to this movie. I have tried to pull off that outfit many <laughs> times, and I cannot. Well, but <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I it's very simple, but but. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying this as a as a very middle aged white man, but breathtaking at the same yes. time, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I can't imagine anyone walking by Audrey Hepburn in the streets of Rome and not just like being that meme where the guy's looking at this other girl as his girlfriend holds his hands or whatever. It's <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Gee, bloody Nora. Yeah, she's just she is just a stunning human being. I and just everything about her. I mean. One other thing I love about this time frame is I I don't know I don't know if these are real accents or not but literally everybody <laughs> acting at that time has their own specific accent like I mean we watched the Cary Grant movie you you got the Cary Grant voice well now you have seen the Audrey or you've heard the Audrey Hepburn and the Gregory Peck voice because those I mean I'd even go as far as the Eddie Albert voice who plays Irvine the photographer it's not like that anymore but that that is like how people became famous then that is your persona that is how you talk that but I I absolutely am obsessed with it because Every one of them has some different, unique voice because that's how you stood out back then. Mm. It, it's so crazy. You're like, what did you think of her voice? Well, hold on. We just just say <laughs> that when you say we did the Gregory Peck, uh, the Gregory Peck thing, the Cary Grant, the thing, Cary Grant, we did that yeah. as a practice episode, didn't we? Before we started recording, so yes. we we pre- <laughs> nobody else has listened yeah. to that, but we did uh, his no. girl Friday as a practice episode. Mm-hmm. So there's a bit of a baggage coming into this one. Um, <laughs> I was obsessed with her voice in this Audrey Hepburn's voice. Oh, I was oh absolutely God. obsessed with it. I couldn't I couldn't get my head around it at times. 
I, it was like <laughs> sometimes it was like a, a schoolgirl's voice, uh, and sometimes it was like some kind of mm-hmm. boarding school matron's voice. I, 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 I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't, I, I couldn't kind of. I don't know. I can't tear my eyes away from her, and I can't tear my ears mm-hmm. away from her either. And Gregory Peck. So we, when we did his Girl Friday, I had a few comments about Carrie <laughs> Grant. Oh, <God>. But <laughs> but that may be specific to his Girl Friday and the way that film is mm-hmm. with the very fast dialogue and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I totally get what you mean about them having a, a specific sort of inflection of their voice or, or way mm-hmm. of speaking. I I got that idea that um she mm-hmm. was a she was she's a young girl, I guess, in mm-hmm. this film. She was supposed to be what, early twenties, wasn't she, I think. Is that right? Early twenties? She was twenty three when they filmed it. I'm mm-hmm. not sure how old she's supposed to be. Maybe twenty one in, in the but, movie. Yeah, yeah, but she definitely spoke like uh, an older lady at, at different times throughout mm-hmm. this and, and maybe part of that is the fact that she's, <laughs> she's royalty and but yes. yeah no i could i got that that they were that there was something else going on that i couldn't quite put my finger on and you've just explained it to me thank you very much marcy mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just something like i can't wait to watch more older movies with you because oh, it's just one big piece of it too <laughs> and i i love it so much i'm obsessed with it i uh i just i can't even explain it i tried to like um well, well when we get to one part soon i'll i'll try to do a little bit of audrey hepburn but i've always tried to do audrey hepburn and i i can't i can't do it at all like i there's only like one scene in there in sabrina that i kind of mentioned where she's actually with humphrey bogart in sabrina so that's like a she's she is one of those she kind of reminds me of Keira knightley where i also love Keira knightley so much where they just work with all these male actors that i'm like obsessed with and i'm like can you imagine like getting to work with like because gregory peck is like i would say Gregory Peck is in like my top five favorite actors of all time and she's number one for my actors um and the fact that this is her first movie and now he has been a big star at this point that's why he's billed first you know Gregory Peck was doing movies from the 30s and the 40s so it's the it's 53 at this point he's a huge star at this point um and actually Cary Grant was supposed to be in this movie he was like no she's way too young I don't know her. She Cary Grant, Grant kind of t- upturned his nose at the whole idea. And later when he worked on Charade with Audrey Hepburn, he said, why hadn't I been making movies with you this whole time? I'm such a fool. I'm such a fool. And and he regretted it his whole life that, you know, like looking back on it, that he didn't do this with her. But Gregory Peck, uh, I'll get a little more into it with, with him and her. But he instantly connected with her. He just was so excited to work with her. And I'm so glad it's him and her in this movie um not to spoil stuff going down the road but they are my favorite on-screen couple of all time i think they just are perfect together and they just make me so happy and i i just love both of them so much and i can't believe we get them this time like he's only in his 30s she's only in her 20s they're both still very young they they look absolutely amazing i think gregory peck is a very handsome man did you think he was handsome or are you like eh? uh, i d- <laughs> i didn't think he was as handsome as as she was beautiful yeah. i think there well, is there yeah. is a, <laughs> there is a mix there is a mix match there i, I don't mm-hmm. know I, I i didn't find Carrie. i you know i didn't find Carrie grant handsome particularly you, do you know what i mean like mm-hmm. I, I, he's obviously yeah. not on uh, un, neither of them are bad looking fellas but obviously there's mm-hmm. a mystique 
and there's um mm-hmm. a sort of there's, there's this sort of charisma that goes along with them i didn't really feel it in that one film we watched for cary mm-hmm. grant very much i got mm-hmm. more from gregory peck definitely this time and and okay. how much of that i think is the chemistry between the two of them um yeah. on the screen <laughs> definitely i think they definitely they had yeah. bags full bags full of chemistry um, oh my gosh! Yes, he, I, but he, he kind of asked me a question before we started recording. In he sort of <laughs> said, How, "Did you did you guess the age difference?" And and I yeah. I kind of and I said to you, I, I we worked. I I figured it out by looking on the internet because I was mm-hmm. obsessed with figuring out what the age difference was between these two. Because it, mm-hmm. and I thought it was going to be more. I did think he was in his forties, but he wasn't. He was in his mm-hmm. sort of late thirties, and maybe that's he was thirty. Just, Maybe that's just the lifestyle they lived back then, you know, yeah. always smoking, yeah, whiskey for breakfast. And he's just, he just looked a little bit older yes. than that. So to be fair, he is only 13 years older than her, which means she, when they were filming, he, she was 23, he was 36. I don't think it's that bad. It could have been a lot. Like, like I said, she does Sabrina the following year with Humphrey Bogart. Humphrey Bogart was almost 30 years older than her. Bloody hell. You know, so. Put it away, Humphrey. Put it away. <laughs> I'm just. I'm just saying, like, you know, I, I think why they work so well together is actually they are closer in age. But that that actually, actually, this leads perfectly into my next thing where this movie, so that's unusual at this day and age. Yes, the male actor is usually older than the female co-star, but it's like 20 plus years. The fact that he's yeah. only 13 years older than her is huge but i think this movie and why i love it so much and i'll get i'll keep remind like bringing this point up as we go through it but there's so much of this movie that i feel is so ahead of its time and this leads perfectly into um the next thing i want to talk about because we're going to go through this movie chronologically and we're going to like really dive into certain scenes and things like that uh but the next scene is you know it's after the ball at the embassy and she has a mental breakdown she is so stressed out and she's at her end like and she just snaps and and this movie it doesn't verbally say it but it is addressing like mental well-being and what stress does to people and what pressure does to people and that we're just human beings and we're allowed to just crack sometimes it's okay to just crack and i i like can't think of another movie around this time or even now that like addresses it that way where she just needs some time for herself she needs a break she like you know what i mean did you get that vibe from this that like that that this movie is addressing that so she's the hero of the movie i guess if you're going to sort of give somebody (laughs) that title so she's the person that you root for in the movie and Mm so so in so to answer your question specifically what i really resonated with was she was having she was having this oh i can't keep going i can't keep doing all of these things meeting all these people churning out the same speeches and then mm-hmm. like you say she has a bit of a, a meltdown and she's like leave me to die leave me to die and um <laughs> the people who are charged with looking after her get the doctor to come mm-hmm. and have a look and all they're bothered about is the fact that she has all these things to do the next day rather than bothered about mm-hmm. her and yeah and, and um i mean i, I you know I see that in my line of work a little bit. You see people who are more bothered yeah. about um, fixing someone so that something else can happen rather than the, the fixing someone because 
of the benefit to that person. And so I, I, mm-hmm. I saw that and then I thought, oh, maybe the doctor's not going to go for it because he was tutting a little bit. But no, he, he just sticks her straight with a sedative of some description mm-hmm. in her arm. So it's like this whole establishment <laughs> around her, all these older people. And, and let's face it, everybody who was not her, who was in her sort of royal guard or whatever, were, were nearly dead. They were like walking skeletons. They were like probably like 60s and 70s. And all they were bothered about was, was she going to show up the next day? And so so the fact that she is the hero and that is the antagonistic point of view really does sort of say, mm-hmm. you know, you know, we should root for her. This is OK to feel like this. And, and these people, mm-hmm. are, these people are wrong. What I also yeah. liked about that in particular uh, that scene so we so we have the bit with the sort of the embassy ball like you said and she's meeting all mm-hmm. these people and there's a really cute bit in that where she she loses her shoe and there's yes. a whole hullabaloo about well there's a very silent hullabaloo with people making eyes <laughs> at the fact that her shoe is no longer <laughs> on her foot and you can see she's really really trying to put this shoe back on her foot and just have this minuscule not even a problem an inconvenience mm-hmm. is this huge mm-hmm. thing. And yet yeah. what you see is you see her character through that and how she manages it very sort of calmly, mm-hmm. doesn't fret, you know, doesn't even really do anything. Just just kind of tries to get it back on, doesn't quite get it back on. Okay, I'm just mm-hmm. going to keep going on for a little bit. And how she is mm-hmm. very much the the princess in charge. But then when we flip to the scene in her bedroom, where she's being counselled mm-hmm. about the next day, what we see is not her character, we see her personality. And I love mm-hmm. her personality, like who she really is. And she's so, mm-hmm. you know, she's 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 younger than her, mm-hmm. her job would lead you to believe. She's, yeah. She is a bit of a kid <laughs> and she does want to have fun. And she doesn't mm-hmm. like her knickers. She doesn't like them, <laughs> you know? And did you know oh that some God. people sleep without pyjama bottoms on? Did you know that? <laughs> and she was just like this big ball of fun. And I want I I wanted I wanted her to have better mm-hmm. knickers at the end after that that scene, you know? Come on. <laughs> she's 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 some yes. she's some yes. princess of some um made up country that we never find out the name of. Give her some better underwear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that too, and I love how it comes back a little bit not long yes, after that. I love where that. she's like, "I just want to sleep in pajamas," you know, <laughs> yeah. and 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 then even like how her handmaiden, I guess that's what you would call her. She's I don't a know, countess, but, you know, like, I think, as well. She's, okay, she's not well, even just no, but you're right. She's not. She, yeah. She's like not just a handmaiden. She's a flipping countess. So I don't even know what that means. Yeah. But pure, surely that means she's <laughs> fairly rich or something. I think it means like you get a noble title to babysit Princess oh, okay, Anne, maybe. essentially. So like, you know, even like the milk and crackers scene. But yeah. I-, I like that you brought up the shoe part because I think this movie is so funny, but more in the performances yeah. than like the movie actually be funny. But the way like the general's like his eyes get all big and he's trying <laughs> to show the countess like she doesn't have her one shoe on, like, you know, and then when it dawns on all of them, like, oh my gosh, she doesn't have her one shoe on. But then also when she gets the sedative, uh, and he sees the needle. He he passes out, and 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 when she perks up and she laughs out, she him, laughs it's like in the his cutest. face, in your she face, laughs. General. It's so cute, yeah. but I also just think it's so funny whenever like the Countess leaves to go get the doctor, and she's like, "Don't bother, I'll be dead before you get back," and like it's just so cute. It's so cute because I mean, how I mean, we've all been there where we've just been so dramatic, where it's like, "Leave me, leave me here to die," like please, and she's just freaking out, and but I just usually I love with it me, so it's much. only after only after drinking. No, you know. <laughs> 
I'll just stay here. Just stay here forever. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Well, so she gets the sedative and she decides, you know, she's been looking out at people dancing and, and she decides she's going to sneak out. And I really like just remembering the first time I watched this, I was genuinely holding my breath. Um, her running out like because the music gets a little bit intense here and there um and and then as soon as she gets in the back of that truck and it gets through the gate then the music just totally lightens up and you see her poke her head up and she's so happy for like the first time and like her waving to the people in the vespas and i mean so what did you like i mean so were you surprised by anything in this movie like did you have any idea where like anything was headed or were you no so i don't know anything about it at all at okay. all so i just thought okay. it was like two people meet in rome and 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 oh, fall okay. in love or something okay. like that so i didn't know <laughs> she was a princess um yeah. and I, and well no i didn't know anything um okay. yeah i liked her escaping obviously mm-hmm. you know that's good yeah. and mm-hmm. especially in the back of a some kind of wagon that is selling either soft drinks or <laughs> something or other that was cute um <laughs> yeah no but i didn't know anything about it so all okay. of it was a, all of it was a new experience for me marcy okay well so she escapes and she gets out of the truck and she starts wandering around i love to we'll get a little bit more into it but she just has no idea how the real world is she walks through that carriage while people are sitting right on it. but then we go and we pan up and we we finally meet Gregory Peck's character, Joe Bradley. And we also meet Eddie Albert, who's playing Irving Radovich. Uh, Joe is a reporter. Irving is a photographer. I think Irving and him work at different um, newspapers. I think Irving is more of like a freelance photographer, too. Uh, so they are playing cards. Gregory Peck is losing all of his money. And you get the impression that he is not very good with his money. Uh, but <laughs> it is kind of interesting, though, too, where they're both American and you're kind of wondering, like, oh, what are they doing here? But then you think of the time. So this is this is a modern day movie for 1953. The war, you know, had just ended, um, like, what, eight years prior to this. So I imagine, like, there's a lot of American press in cities all around Europe um, after World War II and everything. So that's how I imagine he got there um, originally. So he is, you know, he's calling it for a night. He's leaving uh, He's leaving the game. And he runs into... So he's actually walking by the Roman Forum, which is right outside of the Colosseum. Um, it's very cool to walk around. Rome is a very beautiful city. I highly recommend uh, going there as well. So he, they are right by the Roman Forum. She's passed out. This is like one of my favorite things ever. But she's out of it because she has had this shot or whatever. But he thinks she's completely drunk because... <laughs> the way she's acting is so freaking cute though like yes you may sit down or like i'm so <laughs> happy and she's just like saying the silliest things and he's like you know people who can't handle their liquor shouldn't drink it and she just bolts right up and she says this poem to him but she's so funny the way she says the poem and then she kind of just like looks down and then just looks up at him with her eyes and she's like do you know that poem and <laughs> He's like, well, what do you know? Like, well-read, well-dressed. And he knows there's something different about her because she even has gloves on, you know. And, like, when she shakes his hand, she's, like, charmed. And, like, I can't I can't do the Audrey Hepburn voice. I wish I could, but it's it's something so special. But I love their first meeting because he thinks she's, like, drunk off her ass. <laughs> Literally. She's not at all. So he's he says, well, like, good luck, whatever. And he gets into a cab and he realizes he can't just leave her there. 
So they end up in a cab together, and, you know, that's when she famously is like, um, he's like, where do you live? And he's like shaking her, where do you live? Where do you live? And she's like, Coliseum, Coliseum. (laughs) And he's just so fed up because the Coliseum is the Coliseum. She's talking about the Coliseum. And um, and then he's just, like, so annoyed that she's so drunk. And she's like, I'm not drunk at all. And she, <laughs> she's trying to tell him that she's not. But what did you think of, like, their first meeting and that whole interaction? <laughs> like, with her, like, totally out of it. Well, I think this movie is <laughs> is propelled by just how um, flipping cute Audrey Hepburn is. And, I know. Yeah. And just, like, every scene... I, like we said before, their chemistry is great, but every scene mm-hmm. she's kind of doing something mm-hmm. incredibly cute, and and mm-hmm. um, I like I like when she was like, uh, "Yeah, you're quite right. I am not drunk. I am very happy," or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so or I, even like I. Yeah, I just love right before they get in the cab, he's like, got any money? And she's like, never carry money. Never and he's like, money. that's a bad habit. And like, that's the way they bounce off of each other, too, though. Like, he just, he rolls with it. Like, he's not, he's kind of like mean to her, but not super mean, where he just isn't like, oh my gosh, like, forget you. He just says, well, that's a bad habit. And then he gets her in the car. They are just so funny together, and so you know. Then we end up with them at his place, we you get know, that where the awesome cab drivers Italian t- taxi driver though as well. Yeah. Bambino, you know yes. a bambino is wah yeah. wah. <laughs> and he's like, maybe you don't take girl, but police they take girl. And he and then he realizes he can't leave her with, with the Italian man because he's gonna send her to the police. And then he walks her up to his place, but he's holding her hand and she doesn't make it up the stairs. Oh. And he has to turn her around. I laughed out loud at that bit. Do you know? We talked how infrequently I laugh out loud watching movies, but I laughed out loud a few times in this, and that was one of oh those. Mo- that was one of those moments when he, he he's holding her hand, taking her up to his his flat or whatever you would call it. Mm-hmm. He walks up the steps, and she just keeps walking past the steps, and it was a, it's a really funny comedic moment. Uh, yeah, and I was giggling to myself, Marcy. Yeah, or how about even when. So his landlord lives right next to him and she's about to knock on his door (laughs) and he literally has to bend over the railing and like hold her back and you can see how hard he's like (laughs) trying to get her to stop. Oh my God, I just think they're so funny. But this is also where it gets a little bit ahead of its time where they are going to spend the night together. Now I know not in bed, but them being not married this day and age, spending a night together, like side by side, that is unheard of this time, like this day and age, like 1953. I can't imagine. I wonder if like people's heads are like exploding, like, you know, but I just love, so they get, they get to the place. She's still really out of it, but the, <laughs> the first thing she says to him, is this the elevator? Yeah. And he's like, no, this is my room. And he's so mad. <laughs> and then they're just going back and forth. Like, she's like, can you undress me? And and he's like, I, he just wants out of this situation so bad, but he knows he can't do anything else with her. He takes her little tie off. He's like, you've got the rest. He starts drinking wine because he can't handle it. I love when she's like, may I have some? And he just goes, no. <laughs> and it's just, so cute i think they are just so cute together and i think they are so funny together and then even when she's like uh you know like um i've never been with a man with my clothes on with my clothes off it's most unusual and then like (laughs) 
Pinky's like, I'm going to go get coffee. He gives her pajamas and she's all like, pajamas. She's so excited. <laughs> and he's trying to tell her what to do. And he's like, you climb into these. You sleep on the couch. He's like, do not sleep in my bed. He's like, I'm going to go get coffee. And then she's like, you have my permission to withdraw. And then like, her whole skirt falls down. It's such a cute, funny movie. Like, I I just, I can't even explain. Like, I think this is one of the funniest movies, but also one of the sweetest movies, like, ever made. And, of course, like, when he comes back, she's in the bed. Yeah. <laughs> she's not on the couch. But we, we... And he is so annoyed. I'm so sorry. If I skipped over anything you want to no, talk about, just please. saying, like, <laughs> earlier you sort of said how Audrey Hepburn won an Oscar for this. And mm-hmm. I think this... I'll. Her performance in this scene is one of my favorites, absolutely. And some yeah. of the some of the <laughs> line delivery, that line that you just said, you know, um, with my dress off, it's most unusual. And then there's a, <laughs> and then there's a pause, and you, I don't seem to mind. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> yeah, she's just. But even like she says the poem again to him, and they're going back and forth. And she's like Keats, and he's like Shelley, and she's like Keats, and he's like Shelley. And then like he's trying to tell her like to sleep on the couch, and he just keeps going Keats, Keats, Keats. And she's like, or no, she keeps saying Keats, Keats. He keeps going, it's Shelley. Like, and they are just, even though she's out of it, she can still keep up with him. And I just think, I think they are just. Well, I have no I can't idea who was right in that exchange, though. I, didn't I have no idea either. I have no idea, but I just love that they <laughs> just keep going back and forth with each other. And I mean, like, this is just screwball comedy at at its, like, highest with her being on the sedative with him. But, you know, he goes out, he comes back, and, and then, well, you know, I like that you get little updates here and there with, like, her entourage and that they have to call the Secret Service police and let the, let her parents know what's going on. Um, you know, it's not just totally about the two of them, but him putting her on the sofa, we kind of like left off on that. He drags the sofa bed over and the has her on long. the main bed. It's not a sofa bed. He ch- it's a chaise long. <laughs> okay, but anyways, he like flips her on. I genuinely like, she's so tiny that I just get like so nervous for her. You know, I'm sure Gregor had no trouble pick- picking her up and things like that. All right, so we get to- um, He goes to his work the next, next, doesn't he? Yeah, so we get to the next morning, but right before he even gets to work, when he has slept in and he's like, I've got the interview with the princess, and she makes a noise like, oh, like she's so annoyed in her sleep, even because she hears princess interview, and she thinks like it's someone telling her it's time for her to get up for the interview. Uh, So we get to Joe, and we kind of find out a little bit more about him. He works for an American newspaper in Italy. And you understand his situation a little bit better, that he's actually stuck there. He doesn't want to be there. I feel like he took an opportunity to go there, like I said, after the war and thought it would be cool. And then when he had had enough, he was ready to go back. But he's not very good with money. And he kind of gets himself into these holes where he doesn't have any money to go back home. So he is looking at a newspaper. He totally lies to his boss, by the way. And he's so charming where, like, you think, like, he almost pulls it off, except for that we all know that the princess is, quote-unquote, sick, or the general public knows that she's sick, and he makes up this whole story that he had interviewed her, got the story, and that's why he's late to work that day. And then he sees, on a newspaper, he sees a picture of her, and he realizes, like, that's who's at his apartment or he 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 at least is like 90% certain because he's about to make a deal with his boss like what if I can get this like exclusive story with her and like we do everything she wants to do 
how much would that be? Because he's looking to get enough money to get back to New York City is essentially what he's trying to do. But what did you think of all that where like that like plot comes into play? Like what he's going to do with her? I didn't, you know, I, I, I said before, Audrey Hepburn's character, Princess Anne, is the hero of this. And at times I found myself wondering <laughs> if Gregory Peck's character was a bit of a, a villain in it at, at different moments, too. Um, mm-hmm. because he's... I don't think so. Well, you don't think so, <laughs> mm-hmm. with your rose-tinted glasses on. Um, but, um, he's kind of, he's had, he's got this unconscious woman in his bedroom, <laughs> and he suddenly, because he doesn't have Google, because it's, like, 1864, he, he's never seen a picture <laughs> of Princess Anne in Thank his, God. in his life, and then all of a sudden, working at a newspaper, he does have a newspaper in front of him, sees a picture of Princess Anne, it's like, oh, she looks very familiar, oh, it's the lady unconscious in my bedroom, and he, <laughs> and he hatches this plot to, I don't know, get some kind of exclusive story with it, so I must admit, it made me feel a little uneasy, Marcy, I didn't think, okay. yeah, I didn't think it was romance is blossoming mm. here. I thought, oh, he's he's a little bit of okay. a he's a little bit of a cat because, like you say, I think he wants yeah. to get home. He wants to get back mm-hmm. to America. Maybe he was escaping yeah. a broken marriage. Maybe he was escaping some other person <laughs> that he followed around for a day and wrote oh wrote gosh. a story about her or something like that. But he wants to get home, make some kind of bet with his boss that he can mm-hmm. get this exclusive interview. Yeah, because everybody thinks Princess Anne is sick because she didn't make some mm-hmm. of her engagements. Um, mm-hmm. And so he's like, well, I'll enter her a sick room disguised as a thermometer. Uh, and he's he's trying... He's, he, convinces his, <laughs> he convinces his boss that he can do it. He can get this exclusive mm-hmm. story for $5,000 or lira, which is it, well, it was it was the Italian be... currency back then. So at the time, it, it was this was way before the euro and everything. Yeah, so, so this was the lira. The lira is lira, that, yeah, lira. lira. So that's what it was back in that time. Well, I think yes. it was five thousand dollars, wasn't it? Because I think mm-hmm. they established early on that five thousand lira is 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 nothing. It's like ten bucks or something like that. Yeah. But so it's five thousand mm-hmm. US dollars, um, mm-hmm. and so he's all charged up then. Yeah, well, I guess, I guess, you know what? It made me feel like, oh, this movie's turning a little bit, and it's not the, the sweet romance that uh, I expected it was going to be. I love that you say that because I feel like this movie makes several turns and twists oh, and well, changes, and this is one of them. Mm-hmm. This is one of them, and I'm glad you said that. But okay, so where you're at, what you're saying, I totally agree with you. The first couple of times I've watched this, but the, I've seen this movie. I don't want to admit how many times I've seen this movie. But the more I watch it, the more I realize like he has found basically like his opportunity to get back home. And he has been dying to get back home. And he's going to take mm, it. Nice to call and a woman an like, opportunity, isn't it? Oh, my gosh. No, it's <laughs> it's the money. He needs the money. No. Okay. It evens itself out. But like what I see is like a desperate man, like just looking to get back home. And he is like going like to do Dr. whatever. Oh, my God. Like just like just a man trying to get home. Okay. Mm-hmm. Leave him alone. All right. <laughs> all right. But I do really love in the office where he, you know, he's just trying to say like, oh, you wouldn't be interested in this kind of story. And his boss is just sitting there like, so shocked by what he's just offered and he he can't even like he can't even think straight to the point where like Gregory Peck goes to leave 
but isn't leaving and slams the door to get him to wake up. I love that part where he's like, get over here. Like, what are you telling me? Like, what are you saying? And he's like, oh, you know, you, and he tries to play it off because Gregory Peck is so charming. He's like, you wouldn't be interested in this, would you? And and then they form this deal or whatever. Uh, and then, you know, then he goes back to her. He has called his landlord a couple of times to make sure she's still there. And he asks him to have a gun <laughs> to watch over to make sure nobody like breaks in or out. And, uh, so he gets back and she's still a little bit out of it. She's still sleeping. And um, I just love this. I love this scene so much where she's kind of going over her night about like she got the sedative and all this stuff. But she's like, and there was a young man and he was so mean to me. And then she's like, it was wonderful. And and I think she just is so happy that somebody has treated her like a human being for once in her life. Yeah. And I think she genuinely does mean that. So, you know, then she wakes up and there's this great reaction where, like, the night before when she's in her big fancy room, she's looking up at all the corners and you see all the artwork and stuff. And so when she looks up, I don't know what that is. Is that, like, his furnace? I don't know. His it looks like some kind tank. of water heater, doesn't it, or something? Okay, okay. So she sees that and she looks up at him and she realizes she's she's not, she's not where in she Kansas should be. Anymore. And she just goes, have I had an accident? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I just love that so much. And she even, like, she realizes um, she has pajamas on. Well, before all that, too, he moves her onto the bed to uh, play it off that she's been sleeping in the bed the whole night. But it looks like, yeah, what do you want to say about all of that? I, I guess I wanted to say I love this scene, too. I think this may be, oh, really? yeah, this may be, I don't know, is it my favorite? <laughs> is it my favorite scene? Maybe. Maybe my favorite scene. I loved, oh, really? <laughs> I loved the comedic performance of Audrey Hepburn in mm-hmm. this. There's, there's a few <laughs> moments where um, she realizes that she's wearing pajamas, and mm-hmm. at the beginning is quite excited, and then all of a sudden has to check to make sure she's wearing pajama bottoms, as she yes. said before. <laughs> Uh, did you know that some people don't wear pajama bottoms? And so she checks and she's she's immediately grateful that she has pajama bottoms on. And then when mm-hmm. she even gets out of the bed and uh, she's wearing full pajamas, but for some reason feels mm-hmm. that she needs to hide the, that fact and, and and puts the the whatever the the duvet yes. all around her. Um, <laughs> and I think her smile when she she sort of says, "So I've I've been here." the whole night with just you and he's like well (laughs) that's one interpretation of it and then she has that great big smile on on her face (laughs) as if she's just done something magical um yeah yeah, i really like it i really like this scene again we're Mm -hmm. just seeing the the personality of 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 princess anne um and that she is this fun loving (laughs) fun-loving ball of energy that hasn't been let mm-hmm. go for such a long period of time and it's just gonna really now mm-hmm. is just gonna have a lot of fun for the rest of the day yeah i even love like when he uh is like talking to her and she and she points over at the chair and she's like you may sit down and he sits down on the bed and she immediately mm. pulls her legs up yeah, <laughs> like yeah. I've, I've never sat with the man this close probably <laughs> you know and i just love like their interactions and he's not afraid well he's not afraid to maybe he doesn't yeah. understand like that's was, yeah. what her lifestyle is i was gonna yeah, say because he knows afraid. that she's a princess at this point and then, yeah. and then his first suggestion to her is, "Shall I run you a bath?" I'm like, "You're offering to yeah. run a bath for this princess in your grubby little elevator." 
I would not be offering to run her a bath, mate. I, I don't know what I'd be doing, but I wouldn't be saying, do you want me to run you a bath in this rank tub yeah. that I've got over here in the corner? <laughs> He's like, oblivious, the thing, I think. Is, like, he is treating her like a human being. I don't think she's ever been treated like this ever by anybody. Where, like, he does know who she is, and he is being a little bit nicer to her. Yeah, he <laughs> but, is. But... It's just, I think, I don't know. I just love them together so much. Um, but so he he steps away for a second, you know, and she's <laughs> she's getting all cleaned up. And that's when he calls uh, Irving, who we've met earlier. And, you know, I think he's trying to rope him in by coming to take some pictures. But he can't give out too much information um, on the phone in case if people are listening. So that's part of the struggle. Uh, so... We come, he comes back, you know, and Anne's like, well, at this point, she has told her her name is Anya because she <laughs> she doesn't really differ from Anne that far, but she's Anya, yeah. you know, and uh, she's like, well, I'm going to go now. And he's like, but we just, you know, met. And she's like, well, that's OK. And, and, and she just wants to go do her own thing. Uh, she does come back and there is a really funny exchange of money because she doesn't know how money works at all. But his landlord is watching this like exchange of money and is given the wrong idea, which also that feels a little bit ahead of its time to have a joke like that in this movie, you know, where she is a sex worker, maybe, oh, possibly. I, and that went over <laughs> my head. That. I totally did not get that bit. <laughs> That's what they would suggest. Well, he, he he had asked earlier for the landlord for some money because he wants to take her out. He doesn't have the money to take her out. And then when she comes back up to ask her money, immediately the landlord comes out and mm. he is giving her the exchange of money. And that is when the landlord is like, oh, double my money, oh, double I, my money. I, mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, 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 um, <laughs> I thought that bit was just him saying, well, you can afford... I don't know, to give your girlfriend some money for the taxi almost, and you can't afford to pay me my rent. But there's that. Du- well, of course, it makes much more sense now that you explain mm-hmm. it to me. Like yes. a flipping idiot. Yes. Um, <laughs> no, no. No, but that does no. make sense. Who would ever think Audrey Hepburn was a sex worker? I think I oh understand where you're, you're coming yeah. from. Impossible. But I think that joke is so ahead of its time, though, too, where it's like, I can't believe that's in this movie. <laughs> like, this day and age. Uh, so she goes off. You know, and she's wandering around and he is slowly slinking behind her. Um, What did you think of like, did you think I think he is being so funny at that point where he's like buying pumpkins, trying to take little girls cameras? Well, I did in my in my in my less than eight pages of notes. I did put he buys a pumpkin or a melon or something. I couldn't quite work out what it was. (laughs) And And then he's carrying that around for the whole scene. And then he did try and steal a camera off a seven year old girl. Which had, part of me was thinking, well, are you at? Because he can't just borrow the camera. He will have to physically steal yeah. it because he mm-hmm. has to then go get the film developed later on. I'm like, what? Yes, so yes. he is a bad guy, isn't he? This is what I'm thinking <laughs> at this point. Um, but this this whole bit where she's, she's left mm-hmm. his flat and she's just having a wander around mm-hmm. the city. I really loved how mm-hmm. sort of like confused she seemed at various different times and a little bit kind of gormless and she was just walking around and people were just kind of knocking into her a little bit and she was a bit mm-hmm. like oh pardon me sorry about that yeah like, like you could tell mm-hmm. like she was really sort of um not used to being in this environment mm-hmm. um and mm-hmm. I, I know um this is a very magical film for you marcy um, but a, mm-hmm. a couple of times you could sort of see for me as a somebody who's not used to watching films from this time i could sort of see where <laughs> like almost a disney-esque sort of um sort of feel to it 
and you're like things out of mm-hmm. Disney is obviously robbed you know at various different points and mm-hmm. that, you know you, you kind of have Jasmine walking around the city like in Aladdin and we get the same mm-hmm. you know we get the same thing here. Uh... and even like at the ball the ambassador's ball at the beginning and we have where she's having to dance with all of these grotty old men like in Frozen with the Duke of Weaselton and, and all these different mm-hmm. things you could sort of it almost so for me sort of that all of that sort of made me think was I can see the magic, sort of how this magic has propelled other films as well, sort of in the future mm-hmm. and different different things oh. like that. Yeah. Well, no, it's funny you say that because we've talked about this before, but my favorite princess is Princess Aurora. When, and that movie comes out in 1959, so a couple years after this. And Aurora is exclusively designed to look like Audrey Hepburn, right. other than the blonde, long mm-hmm. hair. But even her, like I'm, I'm sure you've seen Sleeping Beauty. But when yes. she's living in the forest, <laughs> when she's when she's living in the forest, and she has like her quote unquote peasant outfit, that's supposed to look like oh, her Roman okay. holiday outfit. Mm-hmm. Mm. So yeah, you know, I can see where you're coming from. That a lot of, I mean, even Anya, Frozen. Yeah, there's a lot, um, which kind of makes me. Sad. But also, like, I think it's cool that, I, like, it's paying homage to something. I just think, yeah, sense. I just think that it it's really, I mean, I don't think that's a big deal. It was just something to me as a, as somebody mm-hmm. who hasn't, you know, seen this film before, it, stuff that it reminded me of. Um, and of course, you know, this, uh, this movie, the feel of this movie, you, you can sort mm-hmm. of see that in some Disney films. And, and because, <laughs> because of the, I think because it's got, well, on the nose but there's a there's a very fun um independent uh female princess <laughs> in it but also it is a magical adventure i do think like you know it's, mm-hmm. it's got that feel yeah. to it and it's just full of fun and so of course mm-hmm. disney have probably just stole you know <laughs> stolen bits intentionally or not how could you not be mm-hmm. influenced i guess by this film after having watched it mm-hmm. i think is probably yeah. ultimately what it comes down to <laughs> Yeah, I I just like though I do love like like you said when she's wandering around even like the little noises she makes like when she touches the eel and she goes ah <laughs> like she's so cute, but I really love um when she goes and she gets her haircut. I actually I love doing this now. Whenever I go and get a haircut, I don't want it all off, but whenever we decide what to cut, I say all off. <laughs> and so she's kind of inspired me to like mm-hmm. act like that when I get a haircut. But she you what know she's probably been told. Haircut? Okay, so Audrey Hepburn is the type of woman that can pull off any type of hairstyle. Um, she could probably even pull off the grandma hairstyle from The Hunger, what? if I'm being honest. Mm. But she looks so cute with that short haircut. I remember the first time watching it and being kind of sad because I, I've always had like longer hair. Um, I do like to cut it shorter every once in a while. But I've always been more like long hair that like, you know, but she's so cute with the short hair. I think she can really pull it off. What did you think of the short hair? Well, I think if you take that hair and if you're playing some kind of game where you have to create your own avatar, no one's ever picking that hair. Um, but, but you, <laughs> you know, but then when it's just, it is just an, another example of how Audrey Hepburn is on a different level to everybody else in that everything just yes. looks incredible. She looks incredible. I know. And she still... Ha- I think it's maybe the face, like how the face is framed, uh, cheekbones mm-hmm. or, and the jaw and the chin. <laughs> but it, she looks mm-hmm. absolutely amazing. And this haircut is proper rubbish. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's really bad. But she, she, but she, looks, oh, she looks, I mean, she looks like an Italian catwalk <laughs> model. 
And I think maybe that's, that's, <laughs> that's the kind of thing, like, she obviously saw somebody walking out with very short hair, didn't she, before mm-hmm. she went in to this mm-hmm. rando barber's, you know, dreadful haircut that looks absolutely <laughs> flipping amazing on her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I can't wait to watch um i hope we do get to watch sabrina sometimes because she has a drastic haircut in that movie where she literally like chop chops it all off where it's like a boy's page cut i guess you would call it that and she looks amazing oh is it a special movie movie she goes people who want to see me get my hair cut is that what happened <laughs> no like no, arnold schwarzenegger no. Sabri- saying i'll be back audrey hepburn no gets her no no sabrina <laughs> Sabrina is about I don't want to spoil it but there there's a reason she has a transformation in that movie and that, that haircut you don't see the haircut but she comes back with shorter hair she goes to Paris in that movie and when she comes back she has shorter hair and I guess it made me think uh, that they must have mm-hmm. shot that in sequence then because you can't mm-hmm. you can't do yeah yeah so they they probably shot this in time mm-hmm. movie in sequence haven't they or or, yeah. or as as yeah. close to it as yes it's not exactly mm-hmm. they did mm-hmm. they did and uh so i love that and then i love when <laughs> she's going around and she gets her gelato uh so i actually i did this in rum too i it's so funny i normally don't get cones when i eat ice cream i just don't really care for the cone i like just the ice cream part but um when i was <laughs> in rome we were walking around and I was eating gelato when I was done with it I just threw the cone off to the side I was like there I'm Audrey Hepburn (laughs) but I went to pick it up immediately after that that went in the bin (laughs) yes yes no (laughs) but I wanted to I wanted to do it so bad because she just she just is done with it and throws the cone off to the side like no problem I've never seen anybody Um, eat an ice cream like Audrey Hepburn eats an ice cream in in this film (laughs) she like I don't know she's like her mouth is so wide over that ice cream it was giving me ideas i didn't know what was happening in it. oh my god don't ruin this for me Do not ruin this. oh my god but i okay so then she's sitting down you know and and joe joe magically shows up again you know he hasn't been following her this entire time he and has he's he just has been like, following her that was a joke oh. it was called sarcasm oh my lanta pay attention so <laughs> she she's like oh mr bradley you know she's still so proper where she doesn't call him joe she calls him mr bradley and uh he just tells her then like it's gonna be a holiday and he just decides they're gonna go have fun and spend the whole day together uh and we lead into so they're sitting next to the pantheon in rome and they're at a sidewalk cafe because that's one of the things she's asked for and again she has no perception of like reality because he's like what do you want and she's like i'll have champagne and and then he orders cold coffee but i love i love the way he says i'll have a cold coffee i can't do the gregory peck voice either but that's what i mean like they there are certain things both of them say in this movie that is like it's like forever in my brain like like, him saying cold coffee is just. i like the way he orders champagne (laughs) and he he says champagne and he shakes his head at the waiter as if to sort of say, <laughs> no, you don't have any. Just say you don't have any. But he doesn't, the waiter doesn't, yeah. the waiter doesn't take him on. <laughs> yeah, champagne, sure. Oh, great. Yeah, well, I yeah. guess I'll have cold oh coffee gosh. then. Also, Gregory Peck, just so relatable, the way that man downs coffee in this movie, like speaks to my heart. Truly, truly does. Uh, I did want to, I totally forgot one thing though. You did kind of mention like Joe is trying to maybe get away from somebody in this movie, can I tell you a funny story about Gregory Peck in this movie? Go for it. So Gregory Peck was married when he went to go film this movie, but he was in an unhappy marriage. And while he was in Rome and doing press for the movie, he met a female reporter. I cannot remember her name. I apologize. Uh, he ended up marrying her, and that was who he was married to for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. So he was actually trying to get rid of, or not get rid of, but get away from 
his wife that he was unhappily married to, and then he met his his future wife in Rome while filming oh, this movie. There we go. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's a really cute story. I think at least I know. Like, but to be honest, he, he was only married twice. That's also very uncommon in this day and age. Uh, but he like really like his second wife was like the love of his life and everything, and they they had a sweet sweet marriage. Um, I will get a little bit more into Gregory Peck and Audrey Hepburn. I guess I'll just do that now. They were friends for the rest of their life after this. And it's very sweet. <laughs> and and uh, just they there was talk of I think it was in the 60s or 70s that they were going to come back and make a sequel to this movie. Thank God it never happened. We'll get a little bit more into it. But they were both very up for it. But they were they were friends with each other for the rest of their their lives. And I think that's really sweet. And so. You know, they're at the sidewalk cafe, and then that's when Irving kind of fully comes into the plot. Um, the photographer. What did you think of... Yes, Irving. What did you think of Irving and his uh, cigarette lighter camera? <laughs> what is a bit snide. A bit snidey. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I liked Irving. I liked him as a character, this I photographer. He, he was, he was, he was mm-hmm. up for it, wasn't he? He was a bit of fun. Yeah. Um, I did like his cigarette lighter camera. Mm-hmm. I can't figure mm-hmm. out the logistics of that from 1950-odd, <laughs> but whatever, it works. Um, we get a little... Yeah. Uh, there, was a, there was a scene right at the end which I, was, I thought... Which I didn't like so much with the, the cigarette camera, but it was a cute little device that he had. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked when mm-hmm. Irving shows up at this cafe and it's really not good. You would think that he would have worked out what Joe's hints were having worked closely with him in the past, but he, he really struggles to work out what Joe is going on about and, mm-hmm. and thinks a few times that Joe's just trying to cop off with Anya and he gets up to leave. He goes, mm-hmm. oh, okay, I'll leave you two alone, you know, because Joe keeps kicking mm-hmm. his leg and, and different things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> eventually, they get on the right track Yeah. and uh, yeah. Irving agrees to follow them around and take photos um, while... Mm-hmm. Um, Joe obviously milks her for a little bit of a story. What a princess does mm-hmm. on a day off. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, I see because like they they're taking you know they're taking these photos of your girl while she has her first cigarette. You know, really mm-hmm. compromising her privacy there, Marcy. And mm-hmm. that's why I'm saying like I, I I feel like for a large portion of this, they are very very much not nice people. They're heels. They're the bad mm-hmm. guys. Yeah, well, I I understand that and I get that. I I'm excited if you ever like rewatch it and how you feel about it after now. Like, I've rewatched you know, it, watched it movie. twice. I've done it twice. Okay, okay, okay. But I really love Eddie Albert in this movie. Actually, yeah, Eddie Albert good. had got an got an Oscar nomination for this movie, which I think was totally well deserved. Yeah, he's good. In um, this. He's like very him. comedic, and I and I think you kind of need the Irving character as well. It 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 works with just the two of them, but you kind of need like that other third person where he is taking the pictures he is the comedic relief at times like even when he calls her smitty and like when those other girls show up and they kiss him and he's like oh oh cousins you know they're my cousins so like he's like passing it off like he doesn't like he doesn't fool yeah. around with women and he and things like the that world's smallest car world's yes. smallest and car. i like a clown I, I would have that goes... car in a circus because it's so small. <laughs> I just love them driving the Vespa and he's trying to take pictures in the car and almost wrecking the car mm-hmm. and, and things like that. But all right, we were we were talking about, um, you know, that 
Um, oh, well, also, I love when they get pulled over really quick, too, because there's this great thing where Joe finally tells the police he's with the press and he has to, like, replicate his press photo and he does this thing with his eyebrow <laughs> and he makes pretty. this, like, great face. Well, uh, so but, we, you know, they... Yes. We've yes. Just, well, just to say <laughs> that we've had the Secret Service enter the frame at, at this point as well. Mm-hmm. So, so the, the mm-hmm. royal entourage have brought in the Secret Service from back home. And I liked the, mm-hmm. the, the scene where we see them, the Secret Service all come in, mm-hmm. And then the very next scene, they're riding on their Lambretta or their Vespa or whatever. And you can see two Secret <laughs> Service guys just in the background immediately. So they drove straight mm-hmm. past them and, and they weren't, they yeah. didn't get clocked. And I also liked how somebody in Italy is enforcing traffic laws. I'm not sure how often that happens <laughs> in, in Italy, but they got pulled over so... for doing some dodgy driving. That area is a very busy area. Um, I can't think of the building's actual name, but the building they're in front of, um, its nickname is called Mussolini's Typewriter because before World War II, Mussolini had that built in honor of him and then everybody was making fun of him. So they said it looked like a typewriter. So they call it Mussolini's Typewriter. And I can't remember the, I can't even remember the actual name of it, but that is a very busy area. There's trolleys and cars and vespas there's all kinds of traffic so they do kind of need people there to like direct it a little bit and uh so that that to me it it was so much fun watching this after being in rome and being like oh yeah okay i get why that's why that is and why they have that guy there uh and everything but this all leads to one of my favorite parts of the movie uh it's when they go to a statue called the mouth of truth And so, as you can imagine, when I was in Rome, I was seeking this out immensely. It was a huge part of, like, what I wanted to see when we were there. So I just have a kind of funny story. Um, We were walking around Rome uh, for, like, a couple hours, and we were trying to find it and and not having any luck. And, And we started to head back to our hotel, and I was feeling pretty sad. And turns out it was, like, 10 minutes away from our hotel. (laughs) But why I was confused and I was having trouble finding it, when you see this movie, it looks like it's just in a random alleyway. Uh, It's actually attached to a church. And so it's all walled in. And when we found it, I was just so happy. So I'll have to send you the picture of me with the mouth of truth. Oh, you have? Did I send it? I can't remember. No, you put it in one of the discords. Oh, did I? Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, I did. The filming location one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you did see it. I did see it. Uh, but what I like okay. about this scene, so it's a great big um, face mm-hmm. in the middle of a wall with a mouth. Mm-hmm. What did you mm-hmm. call it? The wall of truth. Mm-hmm. It's called the mouth of truth. The mouth of yes. truth. And the legend is mm-hmm. that if you stick your hand in there and you're lying, it's going to bite your hand off or something. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. they're obviously yes. both lying at this point. Both of <laughs> yes. them are lying. And both, so yes. Princess Anne is pretending she's not a princess. Joe mm-hmm. is pretending he's in fertilizer. He sells manure. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so they're both lying and they're both yeah. very reluctant to, to kind of put their hands mm-hmm. in there. Mm-hmm. Um, Princess Anne especially. And then Joe mm-hmm. eventually does put his hand in there and does the ultimate dad joke, proper dad joke, 13 years older than Audrey Hepburn and pretends it has bit his hand off. <laughs> All right. Well, here's the fun thing. And maybe you gathered this. That was not scripted at all. He was pulling a prank on her. So her reaction is genuine. Well, she really thought in real life that his hand was chopped off. Well, she just thought something happened. So when he came out and and he was like yelling and stuff, she genuinely thought something happened. (laughs) So that reaction is all genuine. And then him hugging her after is like a genuine, like, I'm sorry, I I pulled a prank on you. But you know how you were saying there's like, 
different like turns in this movie. So this movie or this this scene especially is I think the biggest turn of all. Um, especially because there's like a moment where we just have a shot of the mouth of truth too. And I think that's whenever like the truth starts to come out where he is starting to actually have feelings for her. I think she kind of is too at that point. What? Why are you laughing? Why are you laughing? I'm just like, he, he amazingly develops feelings for this incredibly beautiful, fun princess. I mean, that's not a shock, is it? And that's like oh every gosh. every man in the world would develop feelings in in that situation. Every well, every person of... who who finds women attractive would develop feelings in that situation. Oh my god! <laughs> no, I think like I think why he is so fair game. They even say like princesses are always fair game. Where he, I think he expected her to be something completely different, and I think she really amazes him and impresses him. And I, I think that's where he like starts to have feelings for her. And and at that point, it's after that where he actually is being genuine with her. They go and look at the wall of wishes um, for all the people during the war and after the war, which I think is a really beautiful scene, too. And then they end up going to the barge dance, which was, you know, talked about by the barber. The barber who cut her hair earlier was like, you should come to this barge dance. But I really love, you know, where she is looking out of the barge and she is smiling from ear to ear and he is buying their barge dance tickets. And he just looks at her. She can't see him at all. But the way he looks at her, like, that's when you officially know, like, yeah, he, he, he likes her. And and then they have this really sweet dance together. And it's kind of this cute. They both realize they have feelings because they just look at each other and they're both like, hello, hello. Yeah. And it's just this really cute. I think that is a cute I moment. can't explain it. I just, I just love that. And it feels so real to me too, because that's just what you, when you like kind of realize something like that, you know, what you don't know what to do. So no. you're just like, hello, like, and, um, I, I love them dancing together. He kind of gets back into the, the reporter side of it when Irving shows up with his camera. So she starts dancing with the barber, but then, you know, the secret service guy, cuts in right after that and they start to try to take her away and i mean what did you so what did you think of the barge dance and the, and all of these interactions going I on i like the way that it kind of reflected back to the beginning where she's in the embassy and people she just has to dance with people yeah, uh, and then it was yeah. it, it was again she was found herself <laughs> in that same situation where not that she was forced to dance with the barber. I think she she quite liked the the barber in in a, in a way. Mm -hmm. But then the secret yeah. service guy cuts in, and she feels she has to dance with him before she knows he's a secret mm -hmm. service guy. And that, that, yeah. I like that that there was that kind of this duty finds her no matter no matter what. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, you know, <laughs> I did laugh a little bit that Irving has spent the entire film with this world's smallest camera in his um, lighter, <laughs> and then comes back to this barge with the world's biggest camera uh, <laughs> i mean i don't know what the point of that was um but... i think because it was night and he needed a flash, oh, he needed a flash. Do you know what marcy that makes total sense and i'm a buffoon of course that's mm -hmm. what it was he needed a flash thank you for schooling me <laughs> on my lack of photographical knowledge but it was a massive camera um no well she was just made up to go about... dancing, wasn't she? She just really yeah. wanted to, to, to kind of mm -hmm. have a night in the town, so much so that she, <laughs> the only place that she knew was what the barber had told her earlier on, and that's where she wanted to go. Mm -hmm. uh, how did you feel about her smacking that one guy with the guitar, not once, but twice? I loved it. Who doesn't love a bit of that? Yes. Who doesn't love a bit of like... I know. <laughs> hit she... him again, Snitty. Yeah. I love that so <laughs> But he only... So Irvin says that. Hit, hit him again. Only so that he could get the shot, though. Only so he could get the yeah. picture of, of it all. 
But yeah, she was yes. proper into it, smacking her own Secret Service agents mm-hmm. uh, around just so that she could escape. And then when he, um, Joe gets clocked and falls into the, mm-hmm. um, what is it? The canal. The Tiber. Yeah. The Tiber uh, River. The Tiber River. Mm-hmm. And then she just jumps in mm-hmm. as well. She's she's just all mm-hmm. in, isn't she? Well, yeah, we're just yeah. going for it tonight, kids. Yeah, um, and she holds her nose too. It's so cute. Yeah. Did you catch that? No, that she holds her nose. I didn't catch it. <laughs> she holds her nose right before she jumps in, um, and then they they go off to the. So I think at that point he is just fully blown away by her and like that she fought back, that she didn't want to go back. Like I think he's seeing like, man, she really does not want to go back to this life. This life is a lot for her. And they, they, you know, they swim up to the shore and, and, (laughs) and they're just laughing with each other and their heads are together. And then he just kisses her and she seems so like, I don't think she, I don't, I, okay. So for me at that, at that point, I was just really hoping they would kiss (laughs) and she's just seems so shocked. I watched this with a friend one time and he looked at me and was like, what? wait, he likes her? And I was like, have you not been watching the movie? And I was so annoyed. But I really liked their first kiss because I don't think he was expecting to do it either. You know what I mean? I think he's just so swept up in the moment um, and everything. So they they go back to um, his place. Her clothes are drying. And they're just very, again, sweet with each other where he's like, you should always wear my clothes. You look good in them. And and she's like, "It, it seems like I do. And she's asking like if she can cook him a meal and... And he's saying, I don't have a kitchen. And, and she's like, that sounds like not a great life. And, and he just, this is when they like finally really connect with each other. Where he's like, life isn't always like what one likes, is it? And I think they have more in common than like you first realize where he's stuck doing this thing he doesn't really enjoy, but he's stuck doing it. And she's kind of stuck being royalty. And, and they really have so much in common in that way where they're kind of just two people stuck in, mm. in these like, positions and yeah i really love that moment where they like have fully connected at, at yeah. that point no, that's, and, i love and, and then by, too. <laughs> by that point i am sobbing <laughs> i from the time they kiss till about the very end of this movie i am just i'm i'm a hot hot sobbing mess and and you know there's that part where like the radio is on and it's saying like the people of princess anne's country are worried because she's still sick and she goes and turns it off and that's when she realizes she needs to go back and that's when he also realizes like she she kind of turns it off and she's like well i'm gonna go put my clothes on and that's when he realizes she's gonna leave and he just hugs her and it's just i it's just this like they know like this is it like this they have to go back to like their normal i'm so sorry i'm crying but it's just so sad (laughs) Oh god but they have to go back to like the way things were and this is it and oh my gosh and then so you know there's just this sweet moment where he wants to tell her the truth and she's like no like don't tell me like and i think she thinks he's gonna say like i love you or something like that and she can't hear that right now because she needs to get back and if she hears that she might not go back but he just wants to tell her the truth finally and it's just this sweet sweet moment and then the music is so beautiful and oh my god i just can't <laughs> oh my god and then it gets even worse because you get them in the car and oh my god they're hanging in the car and she she's like you know when i turn that corner you can't look at me ever again and they're and they both like realize like this is the last time they're gonna see each other or well they think at at, in that moment and and then like 
he is having so much empathy for her where he just feels for her so deeply. Like she has this stressful, crazy life and he doesn't know how she does it. And, and she's just realizing like she does have to go back. And, and then he is on the verge of tears. She's crying and they're, they're doing like their final kiss goodbye. I mean, how did that all make you feel that scene in the car? <laughs> well, I think we, we talked. Well, we've talked before about kind of connections in in films and and um I don't know different films and and how finding the connection in that between different characters can be some of our favorite moments. It's certainly my mm-hmm. favorite moments, and, and I think taking it back to when they were in um, his elevator flat bef- um, bef- before <laughs> the car, the car ride, and it it stems. I found it a little bit, a little bit. I mean, it's of its time, and it wouldn't play now. But she's. When she sort of says, mm, I'm very good at cooking. I can also sew and clean and do all these different things, but but I'm not, maybe I'm not allowed to. Like, so I found that a little bit jarring in a way that that's the role that she wanted. She wanted to play the housewife in, 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 a little bit. Mm-hmm. But then um, she sort of said, well, like you said, well, you've no, ki- you know, you've no kitchen, so I can't cook you anything. Like, yeah, no kitchen. I always, mm-hmm. I always eat out. And do you like that? Well, life isn't always what one likes, is it? And that, mm-hmm. and then there's, and then she she replies, "No, it isn't." And and the this, the delivery of those two lines probably is. I said there's some great line delivery, but they're probably my favorite line deliveries. The way that they do that, and that you can really <laughs> yeah. feel the connection. But the problem is the connection. But but Princess Anne isn't in on it. She doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, in in a way, he he knows she's Princess Anne, and he knows who he is, but she only knows who who she is. Does that make sense? So she's not fully mm-hmm. into it, but but there is this. If she was, there would be a connection, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, I think mm-hmm. the thing that stuck with me in the in the car ride was um, how he he waits a little bit after she leaves. And you realize that she's definitely not coming back. And he waits maybe, you know, 10, 20 seconds, something like that. And perhaps if it was a modern movie, she would turn the corner and she would come back. But she doesn't come back. And that's it. That's her. I, that's, yeah. that she's gone. I like that. That, that was a, a real mm-hmm. moment. And that's, 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 you know, that's how it is. That's how it would be. I totally believe that. I know. Mm-hmm. That's why, I mean, this is kind of jumping even further ahead to the ending of this movie, but I think this movie is so ahead of its time because in this day and age, at that time, it would have been some stupid slap, slap, happy, happy ending, <laughs> some unrealistic where she came back. You know what I mean? And I'm so glad that they. Well, I don't bet you can, I bet you can go on Netflix and search and find 50 films that have that, that were produced in the last 20, 20 years 15 years 10 years because you, you still see that now don't you i mean i think it is a bold mm-hmm. not not a bold choice that's the wrong that's the wrong thing to say i think a great choice um it adds mm-hmm. a lot of weight to their day together it makes it more important mm-hmm. not you know yes. and it adds to it means that this really what we find out is really that one day that Anne gets in her life where she gets to do those yeah. things um we get a wonderful scene when she goes back to a mates the count the general the countess or whatever <laughs> and they keep going on about you've got a duty i've got a duty and she just tells them mm-hmm. 
you know, don't say that word to me again. If I wasn't painfully aware mm. of my duty, I would not have come back tonight. And 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 that's it. Or any ever or again. Or any, yeah. yeah. And she's... I think it, I talk about how when she's on the barge, there's a reflection to her in the embassy. But there's also a reflection there in what we see the the very first scene. We see her in her role mm-hmm. as princess. And her knowing what her duty is and fulfilling her duty. And that's how the film starts. And that's how the film finishes her in that role. And everything in between is just her having the best day, but also kind of us finding out actually who she is, um, Mm -hmm. growing to love her. And then unfortunately having that taken (laughs) ripped, ripped away from our hearts. Mm-hmm. But I really like that scene because you see how much more mature yeah. she is and how much more mm. seriously she's taking it. And then it kind of mirrors perfectly because we go to the next morning with Joe and his boss coming barging in and being like, well, do you, do you have the story? Do you have the story? And you can see how much Joe has changed Um, where he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't. I don't have a story, I, you know, I and, and you realize that he's not going to go through with it. You realize that they've had an impact on each other. Mm-hmm. And and then like, you know, then, of course, Irving like shows up and is like, hey, I got the, you know, the mm-hmm. did you tell him about Smitty? And and he's like, great. And he has to do the whole bit again with Irving where he's pushing him over and like spilling things on him. Yeah, but so so his boss leaves, but he's like even in more debt with his boss now. And you see like what what he is putting himself through to keep Anne safe from not reporting the story. So he and Irving start looking at some of the pictures and Irving's trying to kind of talk him into it. Like, come on. It's always, like I said, it's always fair game on princesses and things like that. And, and I just love when Joe says like, as far as a story, there isn't one for me, but you know, you can, if, if you want to, they're great pictures, whatever. Um, but I do love when he sees the guitar picture for the yes. first time. And this is another great Gregory Peck delivery when he's like, what a picture. Like, mm. just the way. And he stamps his foot. He's like, what a picture. And, yeah, I love that. And that you think maybe that might be him maybe giving in, but he still stands his ground. No, and I think, I think that's when he kind of, yeah. I think that's just the, re- <laughs> no, sorry for talking over you. I think that's, because that stood out for me as well. I, I think that's just mm-hmm. the reporters in them, isn't it? Coming through and just being kind yeah. of, he's proud of Irving for getting that shot. And, and Irvin's pr- yeah. <laughs> Irvin's proud of himself. He's got this cracking photo yeah. of Princess Anne whacking somebody in the head with a guitar, uh, mm-hmm. and they're like they know they've got the the photograph of a lifetime in their hands, yeah. yeah? And and mm-hmm. they're just made up about it. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't do anything with it, or he does do something with it, but no. not the intended thing. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. So the final scene of this movie is finally the interview with the press with Princess Anne. And I know Gregory Peck is told to go for work and everything, but I think he actually goes to tell her the truth or as far as he can tell her the truth. And don't you dare. 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 Don't you dare ruin this for me. You need to just watch this like 80 million times like I have and you'll get on my level. But, you know, they go to the interview and I love when she first sees him and she finally realizes like what had been going on and they start asking her questions about like relationship ties or things like that and and she says you know like um she's like as i have faith in relations between people like she's saying like the relationships between the european nations will work together and out of nowhere he just steps up and he says can i just tell your majesty like your faith will not be unjustified and that's him letting her know like Whatever we did together, I'm keeping it with me. 
it's not going to be reported out. And, and and she says, I'm so very glad to hear it. And it's just this very sweet moment between the two of them. I, I think that where, was a very specific yeah. question that she asked, that very specific statement. I think she did that on purpose, though, right? Because you can see the, re- yeah, you can see the reaction, can't you, for mm-hmm. the people around her? Because mm-hmm. we saw earlier on that mm-hmm. she was very much scripted in a lot of her answers. So that was off script. Mm-hmm. And that was something that she yes. ad-libbed. And that was obviously with the intention of just sort of saying, I've put some trust in you now. Um, mm-hmm. you better not and, um, and he, you better not and disappoint I'm me so happy yeah and he I'm so happy that he steps up and says that back to her but then it leads to like one of my favorite moments ever in this movie and I get chills and I cry every time I hear it but you know they're asking her <laughs> you know what was your favorite part of this European tour so far and like you said she has a script and it says like each in its own way blah 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 and she's about to say that and she just says Rome by all means Rome and she's like I will cherish this moment for as long as I live and it's just like you can see how much everything has meant to her and you can see him kind of like almost tearing up and you can see how much it meant to him and it's just like so unreal but then you get this like last thing where they're about to leave you know and end the the conference and she's like i want to meet some of the ladies and gentlemen of the press and they look at her like oh my gosh this is totally off script but that's her standing her ground and being like this is who i want to be well also she wants to say goodbye to him but she you know she's standing her own and and like the countess and the general they're about to follow her she gives them both like the stink eye and they stop in their tracks and i just my heart is racing at this point where she starts working her way down and you know like they're gonna get their but like I'm when I'm waiting for her to get to him, my heart is literally, literally like just pounding because like I just can't believe I know like the first time I watched this, I was like, I can't believe they're going to have another interaction because I just thought I thought that was it. I thought that was it. So she gets to Irving first. And uh, that's when he gives her the pictures. And mm. were you were you well, even before that, you kind of mentioned there is a scene where the press takes some pictures of her and he pulls out the lighter camera. I think at that point he knew he was going to give her the pictures and that was just him having one last fun with her. I know, one but I just think it's a her. bit like, oh, by the way, we <laughs> were have... taking all these sneaky pictures of you. So he, all the press go and take photos of her and he turns up with his little <laughs> tiny cigarette lighter camera and he has this little wry smile on his face and then they cut to Princess Anne looking a bit like, oh my goodness, that was a camera. And then straight to Joe, who's also got a smug grin on his face. I just kind of think, yeah. come on, give her a break. You know that they probably didn't need to do that yeah. at that point. She's there. I think up it's on the... one of. I think it's so funny though, just how great of an actress she is. How her face is all smiles to just like, oh shit, like oh shit, <laughs> that was the camera. And I think because I know what happens next, I'm okay with it. I think at that point he knew he was giving her the pictures. Well, he and they didn't weren't know. Yeah, do anything with know, it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so he does give her the pictures, and she just looks really quick, and it's the guitar one, and mm-hmm. she just has to play it off like very casually she's like thank you <laughs> and, and then she goes to joe and and you know they have this sweet moment but really their their last sweet moment is right before she leaves and the way they look at each other how did that make you feel the way they're looking at each other before they leave well <laughs> i think i i'm gonna be honest massey he is punching up in this movie all the way <laughs> all the way all the way through um and I, I think I don't know. It, part of me, and I'm, I don't mean this in any to disparage the film in any way at all. I really promise. But I think almost he almost could be anyone in this. He, oh, 
he could have been any guy who just treated her okay and um took her around some various different things she could not her character is 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 who it is but i, I don't know i i don't know if i really buy into the fact that this was a big a big sort of lifetime romance i buy into the fact that he was the catalyst and he was the person who allowed her to have the day that she needed and and that and that is how probably um she will remember him maybe i just think like you have certain moments with people and they change your life and it doesn't have to always be romance but i do think there is romance involved with this and i just think like what is so beautiful about this is that they both have changed each other's lives they have this connection with each other but the heartbreaking thing of it all is that this is it they are probably never gonna see each other ever again and and i think why i cry so hard i love this ending so much it's like one of my favorite endings ever (laughs) but i think i like get so sad because whether like they're destined to be together or not it's the fact that they don't even get to try like they don't get to just you know she doesn't have the luxury and any what 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 guy like that is gonna get with a girl like her and it's just this like final look at each other that you can just tell like that they have changed each other's lives forever but they don't get to have the chance to like ever do anything with that and i think that's where i just start like breaking down and then and then the ending oh my god the ending they all leave she leaves with her people and then all the press people leave irving takes one last look at him and leaves and he stays and he stays until everybody's gone but security, essentially. And idiot me, like, the first time I watched this, that's when I thought she was maybe going to come back <laughs> out. <laughs> I wanted it so bad, but at the same time, I didn't want it because it would have ruined the whole movie, I feel like. But you get this, like, gorgeous shot of just him walking alone, leaving, just kind of, like, thinking, like, was this all a dream? Like, did this mm-hmm. all really happen? Like, and I think it's, like, one of the best endings ever, and I'm just sobbing in a, in a mess <laughs> by the end of this movie. <laughs> but what did you think of the ending? <laughs> what did I think of the ending? Uh, I don't know. I think I, I think that it was how it needed to end. And, yes. Um, yes. There is, there is no way in the world Princess Anne is marrying joe at all in in any way shape or form and he is lucky to have had that day and he will remember that day for the rest of his life and i think yeah i think i think you sort of say they don't get anything they don't get to do anything with with what they had well they do though don't they really i think like you said they've, mm-hmm. they, they have been changed and princess anne is a different person and joe is probably a different person albeit on a on a smaller scale, he owes more money, but mm-hmm. he's he's learned that you don't have to be um you don't have to be a dick to be a rep- you know to be a reporter, I suppose. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I I, I wasn't sobbing. I wasn't sobbing at the end <laughs> that they weren't together because I was kind of I was kind of like glad they weren't together in a way because I was I I, <laughs> I was not on board with. Joe being a good fit for Princess Anne. That's what I'm saying. He wasn't good enough for her, Marcy. He wasn't good enough. He never once told her the truth. Never once. (sighs) 
He did. He did, and he turned end. up. Him... He turned up to do his job at the end, which he was paid to do that to is... interview her, oh, and were... he didn't even didn't even You're tell wrong. her, and he just looked, winked at her the whole time. Was like, yeah, that's right. I'm a I'm in the press. I'm a reporter. I don't sell fertilizer. No, and then Irving turns no. up with his little lighter camera and goes, "Yeah, me too, baby. I was taking photos of you the whole time." And I don't think that was a good. I don't think I don't know. He tried to tell her that he was in the press, and she she sort of said no. But he could have just he could have just told her, couldn't he? Maybe. And then I would have felt a bit. You're more... wrong. Good. I'm glad you're I'm wrong. wrong. I'm glad I'm wrong about that. I'm glad you're, you're right, no, and I'm this, right. Yes, you're definitely wrong. This he can't flat out be like, "Hey, remember yesterday when we were cruising around?" The no, town? he should have told her beforehand. Yeah. He should have told her before he just turned up I at know, work he and tried. just turned up. At, he did not. He turned up at work and he was like, "She's here doing her princess bit, and she's just had this whole day where she's done all these things that she probably really shouldn't do, and um, is maybe feeling a little bit like, oh, I hope nobody finds out about any of that stuff.'" Um, and then sees there's a guy there. Who knows everything, and she's gonna f- she's gonna feel a little bit vulnerable, isn't she? In that moment, do you not think? <sighs> I just you're wrong. That's all I'm gonna say. You <laughs> need to just watch this again and again and again and again. No, I I just love. I get swept up. I think there's a romance there. I totally buy their romance, and I think Gregory Peck is one of the most handsome men that's ever lived. I think he's very charming. I. I feel like it has to be a, a Gregory Peck type. Yeah, maybe it's somebody. It could be somebody like Gregory Peck, but it has to be somebody like Gregory Peck. It can't just be some Joe Schmo doing that with her. And I totally think they've had an impact on each other. And I, you didn't cry at all, at all during this. <laughs> no, I didn't. But that's okay. <gasps> Whoa! I cry every time I watch this movie, especially the ending. I'm just like sobbing so hard because I just. I think it's such a perfect, sad, beautiful ending. And one of my other, one of my other guilty pleasures is I love movies where the two main characters don't end up together. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I just do. <laughs> I just do. Like some of my favorite movies, they don't end up together. That to me feels more realistic yeah, than like I some so. stupid, sappy, happy ending. Yeah. So yeah. Well. That that is the movie. Um, I actually don't know what to gather from you. So, did you like it? Well, we've talked. We we've talked about how I'm sort of chronologically challenged and and struggle <laughs> with films um, that are before a certain time, and how I've never really watched them. Can't really get get into them. So this was this is always going to be a bit of a, a challenge for me that you knew that you knew that you set that and you'd pick this mm-hmm. film because it's so important to you but also you knew it was going to be a little bit difficult and I didn't you know mm-hmm. I, I I struggled with um like I said the intentions of Gregory Peck but and I think that is because like like I said who the heck isn't falling in love with Audrey Hepburn in this film <laughs> I mean I fell in love with her and I'm sat 60, 60, 70, 80 years in the future or whatever I'm sat, you know, in in a room many, many miles away. So, of course, he's falling in love with her. I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a stretch at all. So all of these things are going. I'm I'm like team Audrey Hepburn in this film. Um, uh, but yeah, having said all of that, I really loved it. I loved this film. Really oh, loved it. Like, I mean, really? and, and so I guess, yeah, totally loved it. Uh, and, and it was my first Audrey Hepburn film. She's magnificent. Um, I'm more than happy to watch any other Audrey Hepburn film okay. whenever we can. Okay. <laughs> I think maybe I've 
Yeah, the leading men of this era probably some. I don't know what it is. I'm just not getting it yet. I'm just not getting it yet. But maybe it's just a. Yeah. Maybe it's just a kind of a mental block, or I just need to do it a few more times. But I think it was magical. It is magical, and oh, dis- really? despite no. yeah, no, honestly, and and I and I think we can have we can disagree on whether it was a good romance or a bad romance, but but I think in a way that really even doesn't matter because it's not to me the romance bit wasn't important it was the kind of the Mm -hmm. two people who did come together for the day they didn't even need to kiss Mm -hmm. they could have just i mean i know that's a big deal but they they could have just he he stepped away from his life she stepped away from her life they were in a different Mm -hmm. you know they weren't in their own country their own environment you know they were kind of discovering things together even though he'd been there been there for a while he was discovering it through her eyes she was very much discovering everything for the first time and just the magic of their they had chemistry and their performances and the location Mm -hmm. i could watch i could watch that all day it was I really liked it. Oh. Yeah, I really liked oh, it. Oh, I'm so happy. No, I'm so, so happy to hear that because this movie just means so much to me. I think, like, there's a lot of movies and from this time frame that are going to be more like His Girl Friday, but I feel like there's something just so special about Roman Holiday, whether it be that they did film on location, whether it be that they don't end up together. Like, there's just something so unique and different about this movie from everything else coming out around this time and and it's so genuinely funny and charming and i don't Mm. know like i i love movies from this this era but this one is just on a like a like its own pedestal Mm. it's like above everything else in my opinion and like nothing else tops this movie Mm. uh from (laughs) which is promising for you when we watch other things from there but uh no i'm i'm happy you loved it i i was shocked i don't know i i were like i don't know like like i know you weren't expecting like anything from this or like didn't know where the plot was really going but were you surprised that you liked it uh no no because i trust you and this is so important okay. and this is important to you and so i believed it would be a, a good movie i guess i was actually more surprised at how <laughs> how incredible audrey hepburn is that sounds like a stupid thing to oh say but she's so good she's so good yeah. and just like <laughs> i can see why she is often you know up in those lists of best uh, actors of all time um and and won an oscar Mm -hmm. good good well done audrey you earned it that was well done you got this was yours fantastic (laughs) this Mm middle-aged man from england agrees that that was a worthy uh, prize (laughs) to be awarded um so i think i think i think that was that that was what i was really hit by um in this Mm -hmm. i think she is just so amazing she is my favorite actress of all time and it never changes. She's she's always like giving this type of performance and everything she does. Mm-hmm. And I watched some crazy movies with her. There's a movie called um, Wait Until Dark, where she's a blind woman with men trying to break into her home. I mean, there's My Fair Lady, where she <laughs> is like a poor British woman, and there's like a bet going on to make her. It's like kind of like she's all that. The original she's all that, but it's a musical. But she's she's just been in every type of movie, every type of performance. We should watch Charade sometime too, because I think you would like Cary Grant 
in that movie. It's a murder mystery with her and Cary Grant, and they're on the run. It's It feels so Hitchcock, but it's not Hitchcock. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a really good thriller and everything. But she's also, like like I said, Sabrina. I think Sabrina is my second favorite all-time favorite Audrey Hepburn mm-hmm. movie. And that comes out literally the next year. She's nominated for Best Actress again for Sabrina. She's with William Holden and Humphrey Bogart. I mean, unreal, unreal movie. It's it's amazing. And then, I mean, and then her most iconic, which actually is like one of my least favorite Audrey Hepburn movies. I don't care for Breakfast at Tiffany's. But when you talk to people, they're like, oh, I love Audrey Hepburn. I love Breakfast at Tiffany's. And you're like, name another movie she's in and then they can't oh, I and that always down. drives me crazy <laughs> but i just think she's so much more than breakfast at tiffany's and i just hope people that think they know her just from that they like try something else out breakfast at tiffany's is decent but i think i think roman holiday kicks everything's ass that she's in she that's mm-hmm. just my favorite well, movie of hers as as, as a re- <laughs> as a response to what you did earlier in in the episode i mean with this film, why I see in you is obviously that desire to go a wandering. You've got that in you <laughs> uh, to seek out things, and you are a tragic romantic, one hundred percent. You yeah. know, <laughs> not not the happy, fluffy romantic, the romantic with the kind true. of the the heart with the dagger through it at the same time. So you know, you this is mm-hmm. fully in your wheelhouse. A reflection of you, definitely, um, and. Oh. Um, just thank you for forcing me to watch it and Mm -hmm. I did enjoy it immensely I'm so happy yeah this this was the one like if we only had to pick one to share with each other this would have been it and I'm so happy you liked it because that means we get to continue (laughs) (laughs) because if you didn't like it I don't know my heart you probably would have seen my heart like shatter out onto my desk here well I saw your eyes roll Um, many times when I suggested that he wasn't a good fella for it oh my goodness oh my god (laughs) please oh please please oh please but there there we are roman holiday on your birthday (laughs) we have yes we have achieved that and we have unlocked the (laughs) next phase well um thank you marcy um if Mm -hmm. people at home are listening and they also like audrey hepburn or have been to rome and stuck their hand in the mouth of true or (laughs) eat an ice cream like it's the first time you've ever eaten an ice cream why not (laughs) write in it might have been her first time yeah why not write in to us here at the movie mixtape with our email address the movie mixtape pod at gmail.com and you know we're doing old timers Mm -hmm. so why don't you write in and tell us what your favorite old time film is that would be nice um Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah what do you think marcy what do you think to that idea i think people if anybody has like two favorites that are as abstract as mine again roman holiday and jurassic park i would love to know what your two abstract favorite (laughs) movies are and uh (laughs) follow us on instagram on the underscore movie mixtape that's right in it mm-hmm. yes and thanks mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. what are we what are we doing next week we are doing uh shared movies mm-hmm. so the movie that we both already have seen and we both love and we both consider an all-timer what have mm-hmm. we picked marcy so we have picked the very iconic uh ferris bueller's day off yeah we did and ironically enough i just got back from chicago <laughs> Do you see Abe Froman? 
I thought about diving headfirst into a pool like Cameron, but we'll cover that more <laughs> next week. <laughs> so we are, yeah, we are doing Ferris Bueller's Day Off, 1986. John mm-hmm. Hughes uh, with Matthew Broderick, mm-hmm. Mia Sarah, Mia Sarah, and Alan Rook. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it's at, mm-hmm. what it's like in the US, but in the UK, it is streaming on Netflix. Oh, you know what? I don't know. I didn't look because I own it and I wasn't bothered to look it up. So let me check really quick. All right, I'll just fill time. (laughs) 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 Oh, it is not streaming anywhere. So everybody in America, go buy Ferris Bueller's Day Off and Roman Holiday. Thanks. Or (laughs) if you've got a VPN and you already subscribe to UK Netflix, then you can watch it that way. I don't know if that's something people do. Um, but yeah. No, you're the one that needs the VPN. Whatever's. Not, not well, <laughs> there we go. Another end to an episode. Episode <laughs> episode 14. Done. Done. Thank you for okay. listening at home. Thank you, Marcy. Mm-hmm. And we'll see each other Thank next you, week, won't we? Yes, I'm very excited to talk about one of both of our favorite movies next week. So that'll be a lot of fun. Mm. And thank you for watching Roman Holiday. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I will see you next time. All right. And bye. Bye. For now. Uh, Suck on that, you sucker. (laughs) Suck on that, you sucker. is a podcast hosted by Dirk and Marcy, mixed and edited by me. Our logo comes from Iron Tooth Design. Find us on Instagram at the underscore movie mixtape and catch new episodes on Wednesdays. Thanks for listening. Bye!